Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. title of my message today is Get Yourself a Plate. I'll explain that in a moment. <laughs> what am I talking about? But, but a few weeks ago on a Monday night, uh, Brent Searles, who uh, just, I love this guy so much, and he was, yeah, come on Brent. So uh, he's right over here, and uh, he shared with our men on a, on a men's night, and he did such a good job. If you were here and you, you heard that, you were blessed by that. Um, and, and by the way, Brent is also part of the teaching team of uh, uh, people that we have working with REACH, our youth ministry here. He and Aaron Brune, together with their wives, the Rachels, <laughs> um, they're both Rachels, but uh, all of them, are, you, you guys just don't know how blessed we are to, to have these young men and women who are just deep in the Word of God, and they're just treating this with such seriousness and presenting uh, relatable but also deep teachings from the Word of God. And so uh, not only, uh, and what was great about Brent is he kind of double booked himself, so, which was, uh, was kind of funny, I thought. But anyway, he, uh, he also shared the following night at youth that week. So it was an, an intense week for him, but he did a great job on both counts. And I appreciate those, those uh, men and women. And even Erin, you heard her up here, uh, you know, leading worship. She's been a part. She's actually got some classes right now, but she's also helping us and teaches sometimes. And she, as you heard this morning, uh, can do a great job too. So, yeah, we love them all. So anyway, Brent shared this message um, called Spiritual Cooking. Spiritual Cooking. And as I was listening, God had laid up for this date... I knew weeks ago, weeks ago, probably two months ago, what I was going to speak on. I had it all figured out in terms of the idea anyway. And, uh, so, but I didn't know which text I was going to use. I knew the topic, let's say, but I didn't know the text. And so, so as I'm listening to Brent share, I realized he's using the perfect text for what I want to talk about. So I decided, and I told him right afterwards, hey, I'm going to steal parts of your message. Which, by the way, is scriptural because it's said, Paul says in Galatians 6, 6, the one who receives instruction, Brent, in the Word, should share all good things with their instructor. Thank you, Brent. <laughs> so if this sounds vaguely familiar it's, uh, to some of you men, it's because you heard it from the uh, amazing Brent first. Um, our passage today is one that is very straightforward and at the same time very challenging. The writer is essentially telling the people that he's writing to, grow up. Quit being babies, all right? And so that's going to be our challenge today is to decide we're going to grow up. We're going to enter into a new dimension of, uh, of what God has for us. Look at this from Hebrews 5.11. Let's start going through this. This is from the NIV today. He writes, uh, we, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Everybody say, try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves. Everybody say trained themselves. To distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ. doesn't mean they're unimportant, by the way. They're just the basics, okay? So let's move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites or baptisms in some versions, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. The idea is we're going to move on. Not that those truths don't get retaught from time to time and 
and I have taught them. I did a series on the Apostles' Creed in which we addressed uh, all of those issues in one way or another. And those will come up from time to time because there's always new believers coming in. But as established believers in the Lord, those are bedrock, basic like You've got to get that stuff down to where we don't have to keep going back and rehearsing the same things, and we can move on in maturity. So, so that's what he's after there. And he says, and God permitting, we will do so. Now the next part, which we're going to read uh, just a couple more verses, three more verses, is, is, has caused a great deal of concern and conversation about what is referred to by some as eternal security. And I don't want to address the whole issue right now, to be honest with you, it takes too much to develop, except to say this, as long as we abide in Christ, we are eternally secure. All right, and, and, and just, but, but, uh, but anyone who thinks that you can just say that you're a believer, maybe pray a prayer in church one day, raise your hand, or even get on your knees, and, but, and, and that somehow by saying certain words, you're given this golden ticket to heaven, and you can live like hell the rest of your life, that is not at all what the Bible teaches. So, so just get real with that, okay? And so that's how we address the whole issue of eternal security. So, so in reading this, we might miss these this last three verses uh i'm going to read through them but as we do i don't want you to miss there's a greater understanding i want you to get that has not to do so much with that subject anyway he goes on and says in verse four is impossible for those who have been once been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift who have shared in the holy spirit who have tasted the goodness say tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age and who have fallen away. This is a very long run on sentence, but the point is he's saying it's impossible for those to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they're crucifying the Son of God all over again, subjecting him to public disgrace. And again, I want you to focus not on the parts about falling away and all of that other stuff, but I really want to focus on the part about tasting. He says those who have, been, have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and tasted the goodness of God. Amen? That's what I want us to look at today. So, so, so today's a day to taste the goodness of God and to taste the heavenly gift, which is the Word of God. Uh, part of that is the Word of God. So I want to pray, but get yourself a plate. Are you ready? Let's do this. Lord, as we gather together and as we talk this through, I just pray that you'll speak to every heart that, that what you want communicated will come through. And Lord, I thank you that you, uh, Lord, as we've come through this season of Christmas and now as we face this new year, that you would uh, put, burn it upon our hearts to become more mature. And Lord, face 2020 in such a way that, that, God, we would live above where we've been living before in a new dimension of knowledge of you and of grace, of power in the Holy Spirit, and of the blessings of God. We thank you for all this. If you agree with that prayer, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. A week ago, uh, Saturday, uh, so it would be the 21st, it was the second anniversary of the death of my, my dear, my best friend growing up since I was 15. Uh, his name was David McAllister. Some of you might remember he spoke here a few years ago. And um, I've always thought, and it, it's very interesting to me that that day happened to be the day that he died because the 21st, as you all know, is the, the darkest and longest day of the year in our hemisphere. And it marks the end of the North Pole's uh, journey, if you will, or sojourn to, the, to lean backward away from the sun. And now the, the earth begins to tilt again. And, and, and I, I like the fact that, that, that those dates of his passing uh, coincided with this because I feel like for him, that day that was the darkest day to, to 
leave this earth also becomes the beginning of the brightest days. Do you understand that there's this, there's this opening of a new... I love that the earth begins its tilt forward on that same day. And I feel like, you know, that he... Uh, you know, it's, for me, it's a day when hope arises. It's like we're not going to go into darkness completely, but we're coming back into the light. And I love that. And I, I love that, that, you know, I know that my friend's in the presence of God. And to be quite honest, I'm anxious to be there with him. You know, I mean, it's, uh, I'm not going to hasten the day by any means, but like, let's, let's go. Jesus, come back quickly. So, so I, I miss my friend and I'm anxious to see him again. But anyway, I, I, but it makes me think back to 1973 when I uh, first moved to Southern Oregon and I first met David. And, um, and we became instant friends. And I, honestly, I don't know why. He, he already was established in, in the church and in school. He, we were 15 years old, both of us. He's older than me by a couple of months. But we were the same age, and, uh, you know, he already had friends, and I was this long-haired hippie from Boston who talked with a, a really uh, New England accent. I parked the car in Harvard Yard, and, and I did all that, and... Uh, he said, what did he say? I don't know. Anyway, uh, but anyway, so that's the way I talked. I, was, I, I had long hair. He was more like a redneck style and country guy. And I was like, you know, just like totally different kinds of personalities. And yet he, and I, so I think it must have, he must have seen me and thought, he's kind of like a lost puppy. I think I'll take him in and <laughs> take care of him or something. So, so that's kind of how our friendship began. But, but David and I became instant friends. And, and, and as soon as school started, after school, he'd invite me over a lot of times to his place and he'd come to mine and sometimes on the weekends or if there was breaks we would stay the night with each other and um and just hung out a lot and it was great and so so his mom and dad were from arkansas and so um and his mom is uh was also uh, david's mom was also rhonda's grandmother so at later in life david introduced me to his niece, whom I married, which uh, that was perfect, you know, my, my best friend and my beautiful wife became, you know, we all became family, so uh, he became my uncle and, at that point, so that was weird for me, but, um, but anyway, when I would go visit him after school, I realized something that was weird for me, because my mom always worked full-time, she was essentially a single mom raising us, there was a time for a while where we had a stepdad in there, but he was not a, a provider, and so she always had to work full time. And for some, for, so for us, dinner at best would be at 6 p.m. She'd have to leave work, drive home, start fixing dinner, and, and that sort of thing. And, and often, uh, you know, it was just like she'd call and say, hey, fix yourself some TV dinners. And we, we always had stacks of them in the, they were horrible. But anyway, so, so uh, anyway, but when I'd come home, when I'd go over to my friend's house, David's, it was like 3, 3 in the afternoon, 3.30 in the afternoon, Am I right? Dinner would already be on the table. And as soon as I'd walk in the door, invariably his mom would always say to me, go get yourself a plate. Get yourself a plate. I always loved that because, you know, here you are hungry after school and it's like, yeah. I mean, and that's that, I don't know if that's that southern hospitality kind of a thing, but you don't, it's almost like you could never go in that house without being offered something to eat or drink, all right? And she used to make, when, she also uh, offered iced tea. Anytime I came to her house, get yourself some iced tea. And so when I was a kid growing up, iced tea was made, it was brewed, and it was cold, and you put ice in it, you put some lemon in there, and I liked it okay. Well, I go over there, I, honestly, I, you know, today I know people's minds are expanded, and they understand these things. In my life, I had never had this before. I took a drink of this stuff, and I thought, wow, it was about the consistency of maple syrup. It was sweet tea on top of sweet tea. 
I'm talking about so much sugar that you just couldn't believe it. It was thick coming out of there. And it was kind of delightful, quite honestly. It gave you, gave you a little bit of a buzz, honestly. It was something. So that was something. So I'd stay the night sometimes, and David would make... He, he, every, every time I'd stay the night, we had pancakes for breakfast. And that was another adventure for me. I got up in the morning, David's there, and he says, I'm going to make pancakes. I said, great. And so my mom had taught me how to make pancakes. I made pancakes. And, and the way I learned was you take a little bit of butter and you put it in the pan and then you take your pancake mix that's all mixed up and, and you put a little in there and you flip it. You know, it's pretty straightforward. Well, I go over to his house. I'm sitting there and I'm watching him and he gets this gigantic tub of Crisco down and he sets it there. He rips the lid off, and then he takes a spatula and digs in real deep into that. He's got a big cast iron griddle over here. And he takes that big wad of Crisco and whap! And then it starts melting and sizzling, okay? I don't know. I was like, my mind was being blown right here. And so he, and then he would pour the pancake mix in there. And basically, you're deep frying. It was, it was a cross between an elephant ear and a pancake is what it was. For breakfast. And as he would be finishing up, and, and getting the first pancake off the grill, which had these crispy, oily edges. It was just the weirdest thing. The, first, the thing he would always say to me is, get yourself a plate. And I'd grab a plate, and there would come the food. And so, so, so this, this was the idea when I, I always ate well when I went to the McAllister's house, and I appreciated that. I met with Brent um, after he had spoken that message. I was telling him the things I liked about the message. I told him that I liked the two points that he had that started with the letter T. He looked at me like, what are you talking about? So he didn't, he didn't know, but his, his two points were the same as my first two points, and they are, uh, but, but he didn't, didn't notice they started with a T, but I did. Anyway, try to understand, I had to repeat that, train yourself from verse 14, and then taste and see from verses, uh, chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Before I get into these points and get after it, and this it's not going to be a super long message, but I have a little video I want to show you that's going to help put all the pieces together for us today. And I'm glad that our children, uh, several of our younger children are with us today because I don't know if you've seen this. It's a little short video from Pixar. I had never seen it before, but we got Disney Plus and uh, uh, got, you know, been watching The Mandalorian. I'm already freaking out because it's going to be another year before we get to see any more of it. I know, isn't it heartbreaking? But uh, anyway, uh, so, so anyway, but since we got the Disney Plus, we, we just watched this uh, video the other, a uh, couple weeks ago, and I, you've probably seen it before, but this is a little bit shorter version of a video called Piper. Check this out. So my point in showing this is the fact that if we're going to grow up in our faith, we have to learn how to be self-feeders. All right? You tracking with me so far? So the first point is this again, try to understand. So the writer of Hebrews is is really expressing disdain for the recipients of this letter. He's addressing them and their lack of knowledge and expertise in handling the word. He's just like, uh, you know, come on, guys, you get this together. And um, and so he's especially again addressing their lack of of the basic doctrines of our faith. He's saying they're immature and can only help handle spiritual milk, and they should be better than that by now. And and he and he says these words again. He says, "You no longer even try to understand. You're not even trying to understand anymore." And so he says, you're not putting out the effort. You've become spiritually lazy. And so like little Piper, some of us would rather stay in the warm nest and be spoon-fed by our parents or by our pastors or the preacher from YouTube or whatever. And we aren't trying to figure stuff out for ourselves and trying to understand. Another passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Brothers and sisters... 
um, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? I love this last line. Are you not acting like mere humans? The implication there is, is that we should not be acting like mere humans anymore. The investment of the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Jesus has given his life for us that we might have eternal life. We're not just simply jars of clay anymore because a treasure has been placed inside of us. Are you catching this? And so the fact is, is that we should not be behaving simply by mere humans any longer. If we're in Christ, we got to stop acting that way. we got to get past the simple stuff, and we got to dive in. we got to try to understand. Now, if you need help, seek out further study by, by reading good books or talk to your pastors. Or, uh, be, but, and, you know, be careful with resources on the Internet because anybody can put anything they want on there. And there's just... There's, just as much junk as there is good stuff. And, 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 you know, even just pray, say, God, give me discernment as I look and try to research. But let me find good stuff that's respectable. If you have any questions, you know, ask me and I'll try to help. But, but it's, listen, the point with this first point that I'm done with now is just simply to say, it's not okay for us to keep sitting in the nest and wait for somebody to feed us. I'm pushing you all out of the nest today in Jesus' name. Just, just get out of the nest because there's a treasure of food out there. So again, try to understand. Try to understand. Get yourself a plate. Get yourself a plate. Second thing is this, train yourself. To quote Brent, I hope this is an exact quote, but it's close. He said, don't fall into the trap of just reading your Bible, but pick up the cookbook and make stuff with it. I like that. Good, right? Isn't that good? And so I should have had him co-teach this one. He did such a great job. But, but I love that. That's the essence of what verse 12 is saying. By this time, you ought to be teachers. You ought to be teachers by now. You see, there's no excuse for anyone that's been a Christian for more than just a couple of months to not begin to share the things that they have learned from the Word of God. You don't have to get up in front of people like me and preach. And, and you know, I know that that freaks people out. Basically, it freaks me out too. That, join the party, okay? But I'm just saying, you don't have to do this necessarily, but you should be able to lead a Bible study. You should be able to teach a kid's class or, or share the Word with your own family or share it with people at work. You should be able to do all that stuff you don't need a lot of you don't need bible college for that just start sharing what you've learned you're learning every weekend just train yourselves get after it what are we so afraid of to share and to talk to others about the word of god we're i I think we're afraid that we don't know enough to tell others what what if they ask me a question and i don't know the answer well that doesn't stop us talking about football it doesn't stop us from talking about politics. It doesn't stop us from talking about the Marvel multiverse. And it doesn't stop us from speculating about who and where Baby Yoda came from. Right? So, so come on. So don't feel like I have to answer all the questions or I can't talk about God or Jesus or the Word of God. Right? I can enter into as much of the conversation as I have knowledge of, and when I get to a place where I run out of knowledge, just don't say anything. Don't just make stuff up, you know, just to sound smart. If you did that in football, somebody would say, yeah, you're wrong. Right? So, okay, so, so don't go to places you, can't, you aren't comfortable with yet, but do go to places where you have learned something. And everybody in this room, if you've been around for a little while, you've learned some stuff here that needs to be shared. And you need to be trained up to be able to be some. The only way to train is to actually go out and do it. You can't sit in your lazy boy chair and think, man, I am one fine football player. 
That's not going to work. You've got to play the game. I hope Marshawn does good today. I really do. Did you hear he's coming back to the Seahawks? I don't know what to think of that. It could be good. Okay, sorry. Just, just got on a tangent there. A little side note. In the year ahead, this year, 2020, the people of Praise Center are going to get off the bottle and we're going to get a big, juicy ribeye steak. Now, if you're vegan, some grilled tofu, I guess, whatever sounds good to you at that level, but it's, it's solid food is what we're after. You understand? Solid food. So train, listen to these words, train yourself. Train yourself. It doesn't say, make sure your pastor trains you. Right? Now, now, to be fair, your pastors can be a great resource to help you in your training, but the onus, the responsibility is on you to train yourself. There's a place for pastors and teachers to equip the body. The, the, this is a well-known verse from Ephesians 4. It says, the pastors and teachers are to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. My job is to equip you that you can train and do What's what God wants you to do. And, and it says, until we all reach the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants. Are you seeing this? This is what the Bible is after. This is what Paul is after. This is what the writer of Hebrews is after. Stop being infants. And what happens to infants? Well, they're tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. The waves of life come. They come to all of us. Everybody goes through storms and hard times, and, and, and your maturity will help you to get a firm footing. And, and you train yourself like that little bird, a little piper. And, and uh, this was an abbreviated version because I didn't want to show the seven-minute version. But, but at one point, he sees a little snail dig its way down into the ground when the wave comes. The first time, the wave just tossed him. He was afraid. And then, but the second time, he dug down deep and got down and hunkered down. And when that wave washed over him, he was able to sustain it. He was able to get through it. Do you get what I'm saying here? And, so, and then... then that opens up. When you learn to go through those tough times in life, it opens up a whole new world to you. The Word of God suddenly becomes more, more viable in the moment. It becomes more valuable in those moments because you realize, oh my goodness, this is starting to really make sense now. Before it was just words on a page, but when you live through the things with the Word of God, then you go, this is real. It really works. This is great. And so, so, so that's what we need to be about. It isn't just enduring the difficulties, but learning through the difficulties through the Word of God. At the very least, church, we need to be reading our Bibles. We just absolutely have to. Now, we're going to do a reading plan this year together as a church. I've said this many years, and most of you ignore me, but, but I'm, I, listen, there's times when the Apostle Paul commanded the people, I'm commanding you in the name of Jesus today. You don't like that terminology? Take it up with God, because it's in the Bible. I'm commanding you to be in the Word this year. Now, ushers, where, where are my ushers? Come on. We're going to hand out a card right now that will tell you how to get on the same plan that I'm going to be reading, that our staff is going to be reading. I hope all of you will get onto this. Even if you don't read all of the passages, if you could leave that slide up for me, that'd be great. 
Um, even if you don't read all the passages that are on the daily reading plan, but you read at least a segment of it, but that we are daily, daily, day after day, reading the Word of God together. And it's real simple. Uh, the instructions of how to find this plan are on there if you want to use an iPad or a tablet of some sort or a phone. If you just want to follow along with the reading plan, you can also see this reading plan um, at the Bible Project Dot com and they have, uh, so I, I don't think you can print it out, but you could see it every day. But this would help you, at the very least, if you want to read from a paper Bible, that's great. I'm not discouraging that. I ha in fact, I encourage it. It's great to know where stuff is at. But you can find the plan, at least, through uh, the method that I have on that card there. So hopefully that'll help you. If I didn't do a good job explaining it, you need more help, I'd be happy to sit down with any of you and take you through that. Are you, are you good? Yeah. So listen, this is the bare minimum of training ourselves is being in the Word of God every day. So train yourselves, get yourself a plate. Get yourself a plate. And then finally, my last point is this, taste and see. I want to look at verses 4 and 5 again. It is impossible for those who have been, once been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift. By the way, it should be really clear after Christmas who the heavenly gift is. You with me? So he's talking about Jesus there. Okay, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, and then verse 5, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God. Tasted the goodness of the Word of God. Have you taken a taste? Have you tasted the Word of God and seen how good it is? Think again about the little bird on the beach. It's one thing to eat that regurgitated food that, that mama brings to the nest, okay? And it will sustain you for a while, but it's another thing to get out there and really taste it for yourselves. It really is. Get after it firsthand. I love the fact that this little piper was amazed when he finally did get a clam for himself. But again, those troubles of life hit him and he's tossed and turned by them. But, in, but again, when he, when he finally opened his eyes in the middle of that storm and saw the treasure <laughs> that was before him, he realized, i got to have more. I've tasted and I've seen. This is good. This is better than that stuff mom was spitting in my mouth. i got to have me some bigger clams. And then he's pretty, before you know it, he's the one dragging big. He, what is he doing? He's sharing with others, right? Are you seeing this? He is sharing with others the things that he has learned, the things he's put into practice. Now he's able to share it with others. And other people become blessed by the fact that, that you are in the Word of God, that you are feeding yourself, that you are getting after it. And I want to suggest to you that, that, that the tasting of the heavenly gift, is, is, that is Jesus, and tasting the Word of God, these are really end up being synonymous terms. Because Paul, uh, excuse me, John tells us in his gospel, in the very first verses, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things we know that uh, were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. When we understand that first three verses there, we understand that, that John is saying, that's Jesus. The, Jesus is the Word. But he's the, but he's the Word. You understand what I'm saying? He's the Word. So it's, there's something you say, well, why is it so important to read the Bible? Is it like learning a, a manual? On No, no, no. Because by breathing in, if you will, the, the Word of God, it says that uh, in 2 Timothy, I think it is, it says that all Scripture is God-breathed. It says all Scripture is what? God-breathed, okay? So bring your Bible up here to me. I'm just using an electronic one. It doesn't have the same idea to it. So all Scripture is God-breathed. So what God did is he, he inspired, listen to the word inspire, because the word inspire has the idea of spirit in it, okay? Spirit in both Hebrew and Greek is, is uh, breath. 
So the, he inspired people to write these words. He, all Scripture is God-breathed. So God go, and he breathed the Word of God. When you pick it up and read it, you start to inhale what God has exhaled. Are you seeing that? Okay, thank you, Ken. So you're inhaling what God has exhaled. You're, it isn't just learning, it isn't just reading a book. It's not like some kind of a, a Christian, ah, to be a Christian, you've got to read the Bible. Because, no, it's life to us. It is going to change us. It's going to make us more like Jesus because we're really ingesting or breathing in Jesus himself. There's a connection that is so deep where we're investing our lives in reading and studying and spiritually ingesting the word of God. We're additionally comprehending, experience a person of Jesus Christ at the same time. You getting that? And if we understood and believed that, we would be so passionate about being in the word. We really would. Are you with me? I saw this meme recently. Uh, You've probably seen it too. What if we began to treat our Bibles the way we treat our cell phone? What if we carried it with us everywhere, turned back to get it if we forgot it, checked for messages throughout the day, that's good, right? Used it in case of an emergency, yes, and spent an hour or more each day using it, yes. All of that's a good idea. What if we did that? What if we lived that way with the Word of God? Taste and see that the Lord is good, amen? Taste and see, get yourself a plate. Worship team, Come on back up. Is that good? Is that okay to talk that way? Not too rude? Come on. Come on. We're going to do this. We're going to live in the Word this year. Oh, be careful. About a month after Rhonda and I had gotten married, we were invited to a potluck dinner at someone's house that was in the church. I think it was an after-church thing, and everybody brought food to it, and and before the meal, I, you know, uh, all the guys, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but all the men were in the living room sitting around talking, and all the ladies were together in the kitchen getting stuff together and things like that. I apologize if that sounds sexist, it's just what happened, okay? So uh, I know today, today, in today's world, it should be a mixture probably or something, or maybe all the men should be in the kitchen. I don't care. I really don't. But that just happened to be the way it was then. So, so we're, all, we're all sitting around, and we're talking guy stuff, whatever that was, and, and the gals are talking girl stuff, and it was about time to eat, and I'm sitting there right kind of in the middle of this group of guys all around me from the church, and, and, and Ron and I had just been married probably not more than two months at this time, maybe six weeks, and, and Rhonda walks in the room with a plate full of food, walks past all the other guys, right? She walks up and says, here, and hands me a plate of food. None of the other guys' wives did that for them. It's just my wife. I mean, I felt like 20 feet tall. I felt so amazing in that moment. I mean, it was just the most amazing thing. And I, I was sort of like, there was so much like thinking, uh, man, I married well, you know, which is true, by the way. But, but I was just thinking, this is, and I could tell the other guys were looking at me kind of like, I wish I was in your shoes right now. That, that, that she had thought to do that for me. That was so great. No other guy's wife did it, just mine. And I thought in that moment, I'm the happiest guy on the planet. Then reality sets in. I mean, Rhonda loves me more now than she did back then, and who can blame her, for sure, I understand. But, but to be quite honest, if I sat around at some function and waited for her to bring me a plate of food, well, I'd weigh a lot less than I do right now. And if I asked her about it, she'd just say to me, get yourself a plate. Not being mean, just like, you know, 
right? And it's nice to get a plate handed to you for whatever reason. True? It's so nice. But we're going to starve to death if we keep waiting. If you wait to come to church on Sunday for your weekly feeding, we're, we're emaciated. We are starving as believers because we're not having a daily meal with Him. It's not going to work that way. It's time to get yourself a plate. Get yourself a plate. Even a little bird's mother knows that those little ones cannot stay being fed constantly by mama, but at some point they've got to become self-feeders. And my hope for you, for Praise Center this coming year, is that we become those who really try to understand the Word. I love that. Don't feel like, understand the Word. It didn't say understand the Word. What did it say? Try to understand the Word. There's a difference, isn't there? You, you get marks just for trying even if you don't fully understand it or comprehend it. But believe me, the more you try anything, the better you'll get at it. Okay? So try to understand. Train yourself in the Word and share it. Give it to others. And then taste and see the goodness of Jesus Christ Himself by getting into His Holy Word. Again, in four weeks, I made this announcement earlier, but I'll make it again. In four weeks, we're going to do this eight-week... Nine total, but eight-week Bible study called Defined. And it's an op- opportunity for us to grow in knowledge even further. And, and so we are going to offer resources as a church. We're going to offer the Word on the weekends and in youth and in Awana and on Sunday mornings for our kids. We're going to do those things, but we're going to learn to be people who are self-feeders. In Jesus' name, amen? Get yourself a plate. Thank you for listening to Praise Center Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.